Welcome into House Wrestling, everybody. It's me, Nick Houseman. Come on in, take your shoes off, hat, jacket, whatever you want. We got the coat rack to the left. We got the dining room table to the right, filled with all kinds of goodies. And right in front of you, you can see the living room is open. And sitting on the couch next to the fireplace, talking all things professional wrestling with us today, it's our very good friend, Isa Ramos. Isa, thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you for having me. It's a repeat for me now. I know. You're one of the few. It's like you, Paul Pratt. And I think that's it. I think it's just you and Paul. <laughs> don't don't let everybody know who your favorites are, please. I guess it's a three-peat week here then, because we had Paul on Tuesday. Yep. Wow. <laughs> well, hey, you know, I don't want to pick my favorites, but there are certain people that I love chatting with. Um, well, uh, Issa and I were chatting just before we got on the air, and man, uh, we didn't want to wait. There is so much news that has been breaking here already this morning. Uh, press releases, uh, medical updates, everything in between. We'll talk Grand Slam. We will talk upcoming WWE events, uh, WWE contract news, and more. Uh, but before we get to any of that, I want to remind you, if you are watching us right now, live, in living color. Oh, wait, one second. I think I have the wrong. Here, wait. Do I have a better backdrop here? I don't. Oh, I'm doing this in real time. This is not how this is supposed to be. Well, they're supposed to be on the screen right now uh, with, with the Premier Streaming logo on top of the screen as I'm talking right now. I don't know where it is. I blew it. I'm using an old overlay. I apologize to Premiere. Not my not my intention. But if you are watching us in video form right now, you are watching us on Premiere Streaming Network. Tuesday, Thursday, noon Eastern. Come on over to Premiere Streaming Network and catch House Wrestling. Check out all the great pro wrestling content they offer, all their great podcasts and more over at PremiereStreamingNetwork.com. Watch on Premiere.com. We'll be back next week with more. And if you like HouseOfWrestling.com, you don't just need to go to Premiere. You got to go to House, H-A-U-S of Wrestling.com. Tons of news, tons of exclusives all week long. Broke the news earlier this week. CM Punk not suing Tony Khan. That's how we kicked it off. Yesterday, I got to pin this wonderful story about our good friend Paul Pratt, better known as Polio Delmar, praising Sonny Kiss, who is no longer with AEW. I don't want to fall down this rabbit hole, but it is a story near and dear to me, and I will keep talking about Sonny Kiss until Sonny is back on a national television platform, because that's where she deserves to be, Isa. 1,000% agreed. Um, saw the story. Um, no, through her words, I mean, Sonny deserves everything. I'll leave it at that. And we all know, and I can't wait to see what's in store for her. Man, Roman agrees. Roman, by the way, you heard in the background, Isa's dog chiming in there. Huge Sonny He's very Kiss fan. Pa very passionate about this this topic. Big Sonny Kiss fan. <laughs> I gotta I gotta ask because now I'm distracted by it. Do you have a walking monitor or a tag on your jacket next to your hair on your collar? What is that's that? A microphone. It's that's a microphone. The, that's the microphone. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh, okay. Got it. I was very. I was like, did she know that she needed to take the tag off? Did you walk no, out that's actually my microphone. Your girl has gone wireless for now. My my infamous cat ears finally gave up on me, and I haven't had the chance to to replace them. So we're we're working with my other tech. This is usually what I take for our trip media. You know, you connect this to the sure. to the actual mic and all that. But yeah, no, it's not a tag. I didn't forget to take off my tag. It's just a microphone. I was like, it looked like a security tag. I don't want to say, <laughs> I don't want to say you stole that shirt, but it's it gave me a bracelet, but it goes on your shirt. <laughs> you see, the funny thing about all of Issa's money is when you spend it, you wind up with blue dye all over your hands. You know, it's weird. 
That's, that's a joke for all of you uh, bank robbery fans. Out yeah, there. Some, some people will get it. Some people uh, will get it. All right. Anyway, <laughs> let's get into it here, man. Lots to talk about. Last night, AEW was in New York. Uh, let's start it off there because the whole world is talking about John Moxley here. Uh, last night into today. Uh, and in this match last night against Ray Phoenix, there was a pre-match segment where Ray hit him with a dive to the outside. John fell underneath Ray on his head to the floor, visibly out of it for the rest of the match. Just mm-hmm. uh, uh, noticeably not there. Uh, they go to the finish. Uh, he gets dropped in this pile driver variation by Phoenix right on top of his head. Does it kick out? The referee decides to... And, and by the way, I'm gonna I'm basically gonna summarize a little bit of what Josh Barnett said on Twitter. If you haven't seen Josh Barnett's little screed about the finish of this match, I highly recommend you go checking it out. But the referee stops the three count to for no reason, because John didn't kick out, but just to kind of check the shoulders. And at that point, then, uh, based on Fightful, the Observer, PW Torches all came kind of in a wave last night. John told the referee, let's call an audible. Let's get to the finish. I'm out of it. So Ray Phoenix picks this man who's already concussed, who looks to have been dropped on his head twice already, picks him up, drops him with the same pile driver, and I swear to Christ, the second one looked worse than the first. Way worse. Way worse. And then they get to the finish. They do the pin. Uh, Phoenix wins the title. John's taken to the back. Uh, Wrestle votes. Had a photo out shortly after. Um, showing Tony Khan, Renee, Wheeler Yuta, Claudio standing outside of Moxley's uh, trailer looking very distraught. Um, it sounds as if John was taken to a hospital, checked out. PW Torch is saying he was diagnosed with a concussion, and it doesn't look like, knock on wood, he'll be missing much if any ring time. But I, for the sake of optics alone, Hope they give him a little time away. That was very, very He was very supposed scary. to go on vacation a while back. He didn't even get to take that because of all the drama that happened uh, at All Out, remember? Yeah. Um, man, this whole thing, it was just... Listen, I get to do a podcast with Jimmy Cordero, so I know all of these random things about referees now. Like I have all this inside world of knowledge. I believe the ref was supposed to count to three. I believe when that happens, it is on the talent to kick out. Am I wrong, Nick? No, and there's a lot of finger pointing going at that referee here today, not just about the finish, but the lack of checking on Moxley. Yes, lack of checking on Moxley, communicating. Um, A lot of people wondering if it's visible to the fans watching, why is nobody in the back communicating to the referee? Check on this guy, right? How did Because he was visually out of it for way before the pile drivers. Now, in addition to that, I, I see a lot of finger pointing and a lot of opinions going to a Ray Phoenix hitting that second pile driver. And I can't help but to try to put myself in that situation. This guy's calling an out of all the rest screwed up. Like, there's all of these things that have to be going over your head. How do you, like, try to put this finish together so that we can take it home and make sure that Moxley is okay? So there's a part of me that is like, yeah, he. I mean, he's like what five nine, five eight, doing a sit down pile driver on like a six three, six four. Moxley, just the just the logistics of that makes no sense to begin with. But I would assume that the second one is on plan. You're nervous. You don't know what's going on. So I feel like it should have been counted two three 
on the first time. And I would assume Moxley is such a big deal that you don't you don't think that he's gonna forget to kick out. Like, I mean, I don't know. I've never been put in that situation, but from what I learned through my years of covering this, is he should have counted to three if on the talent to kick out or not kick out. I, I'll take it a step further. I don't think we should have even got to the three. I think this match should have been called much sooner than that, right? I, again, if the referee had checked on Mox, and look, I get it. There are certain people in that company that seem to just be o- able to override everything. And if John Moxley is looking you in the face and saying, don't you do a goddamn thing, don't you call anybody, I'm finishing this match, John's one of those guys that has that sway. And again, I'm just talking in hypotheticals here. But from my perspective, the guy didn't look to be communicating any of that. The guy looked to be struggling and confused. And, and you know, what I just described requires a certain train of thought that I don't even really know was there with Moxley. And regardless right. of that, we just had, just before CM Punk left, based off of the whole real glass debate, a bunch of medical uh, uh, issues written out and sent out to the talent and the teams saying if we see any of this stuff, we're going to take actions. Now, I don't explicitly recall if concussion protocol was listed in there, but you got Doc Sampson ringside, and this guy's seen it all, and this guy knows what it looks like when somebody is concussed. How nobody called for Doc Sampson, not the referee. Like, how nobody in the back said, hey, timeout, somebody called Doc, get him in here, call the match. Like, as soon as you notice, like, if it's noticeable to fans, that's when you call the match. And it's uh, it's like the fact we're kind of even having this like, oh, do you do the three count? I mean, like if it had happened on the move that went into the three count, like if he did not come out with the pile driver, then yeah, do the, I'd be like, yes. But we're, to, we're so far beyond that now. We're at a point where it, ha- this, it should happen way sooner. Is this a time to have the conversation that AEW does do this a lot, Nick? I mean, even back from the beginning when they were a baby company, that entire mess with Matt Hardy was one of the – most horrifying things I've seen on TV, and they kept the match going because he said he could keep going. I don't know that they know when to make that call. I don't know who makes the call right. I'm, I'm just saying this isn't the first time that we're sitting here having a conversation of this match should have just been called, and they did it. Yeah. No, they did not. And it is, uh, again, like, you know, I, I know he's Mox, right? And there's this, like, indestructibility that Mox projects. We've seen him go through everything. <laughs> like Right. Right. And, you know, you, and it's very Mick Foley like, you know, where, you know, this is a guy who would do promos about how I love pain. I absorb pain. It makes me stronger. Well, you talk to Mick Foley now and he'll very candidly tell you that was all bullshit. I am a human being just like everybody else. Right. We just heard from Moxley talking about his arthritis. Oh, that's uh, right. He just yes. said that he has the body of like a 70 year old man. He even said if, he, if wrestling was in the morning, he probably wouldn't be able to do it because it takes him a while to get moving and get loose. Yes, and a very good point uh, because I'll bring up now my own personal medical issues that I've been dealing with. I have spinal stenosis, which is arthritis of the neck. And I, it is the same thing that Edge has. It is uh, very likely what Moxley is talking about, although I don't think he specifically said that. It's the most common injury the pro wrestlers can have. And it's not, it's like a condition. And it is, it is 100% because you are falling on your back. Mine is between the C5, C6. That's the most common place to get spinal stenosis in wrestlers. 
Edges goes down to a C7, which is freaking terrifying. Um, so when you have spinal stenosis, and I and look, I woke up one day, couldn't move. That's why I wound up in a hospital. I had to get this thing treated, right? Mm-hmm. When you have spinal stenosis like that, you got bone spurs in your neck. I got two bone st- spurs in my neck that are pressed up against my spinal column. It's kind of messy in there. The I had my doctor look me in the face or my specialist look me in the face and say, you can never wrestle again. You will not be doing this. You cannot fall on your back. It will be very bad for you. The, if I went into him and I said, hey, I just had somebody plop me on top of my head and jam <laughs> my spinal column up into my back, he would uh, he would probably slap me in the face. And I say that because he's a for, he's a kind of terrifying former wrestler himself. Um, so anyway, just to give you an idea of what East is talking about with that, that arthritis, he's I mean, I'm sure he's talking about other parts of his body, but specifically spinal stenosis is the kind of arthritis, especially of men of a certain age, which I am at, get when you're in wrestling. So there you go. Yeah, yeah, but I, I, I see your point, too, because Moxley does exudes this whole, he can make it through everything. We see him do all these crazy matches, death matches. So when it's John Moxley, it really kind of takes you back, too, and I feel like that happened. And Mox has carried the company on his back since the day he walked through the crowd at Double or Nothing. I'll say it. You know, he's been reliable. He's been there. So you just don't think that these kind of things can happen to him, you know, but they can happen to anybody. He is human and I hope he gets better soon. Yeah, same. Mick Foley syndrome, right? Well, uh, Moxley was not the only person to get injured at Grand Slam last night. We also saw in the main event, Adam Cole ran to the ringside to kind of cheer on his buddy MJF. First of all, look, the set looked beautiful. The set for Grand Slam. They always do a great job with Grand Slam. Grand Slam. Beautiful. And Tony came out afterwards and he teased that they're going to do Grand Slam as a pay-per-view in the future and it makes all the sense. All the sense in the world. Already looks like a pay-per-view. But anyway. Mm -hmm. Beautiful set. Adam Cole comes running down. Now, it is noticeable that that ramp to the ground is a little higher than it has been at previous shows, right? And people are pointing to the Ray Phoenix dive onto Moxley as like, that was maybe a little off because the ramp was a little high. Here's Adam Cole having to jump off that ramp onto the ground. Both of these injuries, by the way, are ramp-to-ground issues, right? They are both ramp-to-ground. Adam Cole jumps off the ramp onto the ground, starts to wobble on his knee in his ankle, and immediately, visibly, you know Adam Cole is injured. Um, We don't really know specifically the injury. The observer saying he was taken to a hospital, was spotted uh, coming out of the hospital on crutches. But, yeah, wow. Man, Issa, thoughts? I was talking earlier um, when I was watching the show on a live stream about the time that Brian got his leg caught in there. Remember, we didn't know if it was at work, if it really happened. But AW used to do the elevated ramp all the time. Now they only seem to be bringing it for special events. It looks beautiful. It looks to have an LED, too. So I don't even know how he was coming down running like that because that just seems slippery to me. But the jump, if you go back and watch the clip, it's a high jump. <laughs> like, I yeah, was like, I, what was he thinking to jump no off give, like that? No give, because in the Kingston uh, Kingston Claudio match, they had a whole spot where it looked like Eddie's head popped off the thing and they yeah. thought he was out, right? Yeah, yeah, it was a, it just goes to show you, like, just just be a little more careful because on, on this particular situation, I'm like, man, that really did look like a high jump. I don't know what it looks like from him coming down. Maybe he thought he could make it. But that is a job that I would think about twice about <laughs> making in, 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 at the speed that he was coming. I also hope he's okay. He's involved in, in, in such a huge story with MJF, what they're doing with Roddy. I'm a big fan of everything that they're doing with Roddy right now. So it will really suck 
to to for for Adam Cole to go down with injury, and he just came back from something that could have been career ending. So yeah. again, we just said it for Moxley. I hope he's okay, but that. I don't know. There was a little bit of a lack of judgment there. Maybe he really thought he could make the jump, but that really did look like a very high jump. Yes, it did look like a very high jump. Um, And so hoping the best for Adam Cole, I saw on Observer Radio, uh, Dave and Brian were uh, going back and forth about how this could affect upcoming plans because, uh, spoiler alert, on Rampage, uh, one of my favorite acts in, in AEW right now, The Righteous, uh, they won the rights to become the new ROH uh, tag title contenders. So now it was supposed to be the Righteous versus MJF and Adam Cole, I guess, at Wrestle Dream. Is that was that what was going to go down? Uh, yeah, that's that's what I heard. I heard the same thing. Okay. I don't like the name Wrestle Dream, Nick. I think it sounds lame. <laughs> it's, I'm it's, sorry. It's fine. It's, 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 it, look. It's a tribute to Anoki. Anoki show before it was called I know, Wrestle Dream. I know. It's it's whatever. But the thing here now is with Cole injured, is the tag match up? Uh, is it up in the air? How bad is this injury? Because you would think after the tag match, at some point you're going to get to Adam Cole MJF. Is that now up in the air? A lot of up in the airs here now when when a guy like Adam Cole goes down. A lot of up in the air with Moxley too. I don't think that the title was supposed to change hands. No, no. Like you, not at you all. build this crazy streak with Orange Cassidy for Moxley to rightfully be the guy to take it off of him, and now you have to call this audible, and it just seems like uh, you know almost a year of build with Cassidy and Mox and all this just went to crap. Yeah. I don't like injuries in wrestling; they ruin good things. Yes, I agree. Um, I am happy for the righteous, though, for what it's worth. I think uh, Vinny and Dutch. God damn it. I, I, why don't they just make, hear me out, why don't they just make the righteous the leaders of Dark Order? Why don't they just make Vincent the leader of Dark Order and just glom them together? I would love that, but you have to bring some kind of edge to the Dark Order. They just become so whatever no, now. I, like they don't have a purpose. Like they need to make them the Dark Order. I, and I think I think they could do it. I think that you, I agree. I think that the way I think you take Dark Order, the way you give them that edge is Vinny has mastered that Rob Zombie vibe, right? So freaking good, too. Um, oh, I love it. Imagine the Dark Order taking on a more Rob Zombie vibe with Vincent, right? These guys look like cartoon characters. Give them chainsaws. Give them axes. Give no, them. Let's not do chainsaws in AW again. I don't give a shit. <laughs> give it to them. Give, have them ripping faces off. I want to see John Silver eating toes in a bowl like cereal. I, I want to see some weird shit. There, right? there will be the Dark Order because they're actually really freaking dark. It will make yeah. all the sense. Because right now the Dark Order doesn't seem to have a purpose. No. And when you put them in any situation, it's just automatically seeing us or whatever. When they were the number one contenders uh, all out, everybody was like, yeah, okay. You know, so it would be nice for them to completely have a revamp. I do think that you're onto something with this. And I know everybody's going to say, and, and the problem with Dark Order is with the, the Brody stuff is nobody wants to give him a new leader. Everybody wants to keep it as this like nostalgia act, but it cannot last forever. We are on the last You don't have legs. to give him a new leader. I think a faction booked the right way. Everybody's going to try to make a leader, but I think you can have a faction that works great together without having a definitive leader. Every time I talk about Judgment Day, not to bring WWE into this conversation, everybody will tell you the leader is a different person. 
And I yeah. love that because that means that they're working well together. And I think you could do it. You could do a faction where there's no clear leader if that's really what they're trying to go, you know, for to respect the memory of Brody. Maybe negative one stays the leader and they make him a Rom Zombie type, right? Like scary little kid, bloody kid. Children of the corn. Children of the corn, murderous child in charge of the act. I love it. We have a new exorcist movie coming out with kids Uh, being possessed. uh, I like it. The kid kid tells them to befriend Vincent and Dutch. These are my new buddies, right? And then they all become like Rob Zombie. I love that. If Will Washington's lo- listening right now, I'm just handing these out for free at the moment. I've, I'm really into this righteous Dark Order idea. And I will circle back real to it. I don't want to beat a dead horse, but Roderick Strong is the most interesting character in AEW. And I know everybody thinks I'm absolutely batshit insane, but that is the man to beat MJF for the title. There is nobody that has more of it. We talk about axes. There's no man that has more axes to grind with MJF than Roderick Strong. And the moment that he rips that neck brace off, rips the gown off, cuts his promo about how he's from the trailer park and he doesn't have all the fancy thing Maxwell Jacob Friedman does. He's going to kill him and bury him in the back of the trailer yard. Uh, I'm sorry. I think the fans will immediately be there. This man is fine. Everybody said, oh, he's dope. It's a holding pattern. They're trying to make him interesting. Roderick Strong is the man to beat MJF. I am telling you. He's so good right now, man. I'm enjoying okay. the crap out of him. Last night, it's just the little details, even the bed making the noises, huge pop for that. And Adam Cole is also doing a really good job if you paid attention to when he takes the phone call in the other vignette. And he goes, Roddy, you're not going to die. <laughs> like Everything is working. And I hope they continue to do this. I feel, I don't, I don't like to use the term, but lately I have been feeling a lot more sports entertained by AEW, and I'm okay with that. They're bringing in characters. They're they're allowing people to grow. They're telling stories. We'll see where it goes. I thought they told a great story in the opener. Uh, Eddie Kingston yeah. defeating Claudio Castagnoli to become double champion in New York. ROH title, New Japan title. Maybe he's going to become the belt collector. Um, I saw Tony Khan the other day in an interview. Sorry, I might have been Superstar Crossover. I don't know. I know he did a couple this week. Um, he, he talked about how Eddie Kingston is New York's Jerry Lawler. And I could not have thought of a better comparison. As soon as I read it and I saw it, I was like, yes. This I man- love that. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. that is good. You know, I, I lived in New York for 12 plus years, so I'm honorary New Yorker. I have nothing but love for Eddie Kingston. And I don't like when people criticize him because I'm like, you wouldn't get it. This is an us thing. There's, there couldn't be a better place for them to do this. I know everybody has been wanting Eddie to win the big fight. No, he had to be in New York. The reception, you... You, that's how you finish the story. Last night, I said that Eddie Kingston is the friend that every girl has and calls whenever a guy breaks her heart. That's how I see Eddie Kingston. That guy that goes and kicks your ex's ass for breaking your heart, that's him. Yes, uh, I, was, I was very, very happy for Eddie. Um, the ROH legacy actually plays in here. You know, this, his, his history with uh, ha- Homicide, um, I'm sorry, Hernandez and Loki, not Homicide, Hernandez and Loki, um, it is, it's just a great story. It's a great moment. Eddie is on fire. Um, I, I, the fans love him. Just a great time for Eddie Kingston. Great moment for Eddie Kingston. Um, Super lastly here, friend. lastly here in the uh, AEW block, and we'll jump to some WWE stuff. Um, I did want to note the other spoiler coming out of Rampage last night. I was know what that, you're going to talk about. Is that the Young Bucks and Adam Page defeated Mogul Embassy to become the ROH Six-man tag team champions. 
we touched on it a little bit on Tuesday. Actually, I think I touched about it in it. I don't remember. Time is a flat circle. I don't even know what I do anymore. But the ROH titles, why are they so prominent right now? Right? Like the AEW titles are like a backseat. The, are the ROH titles the TV titles? And then it feels pay- that way. Well, but then, the a- but then the AEW world title was on TV. And then when they go to pay-per-view, they, they put Max in the ROH tag title picture. I feel like we're crossing the lines again. Remember when Tony first acquired Ring of Honor, we were getting all the Ring of Honor, not the AEW. And for a while there, they completely stopped doing Ring of Honor. I feel like we're playing to trying to find the happy medium. But Ring of Honor did lose a lot of momentum um, once they took it out of AEW television. If you find the right happy medium and put the titles in the right people while still prioritizing AEW, I think, I think it could happen. You have three TV shows now. So I, I think you have plenty of time if done right to bring some, some, not all of them, but some of them. And combining people with AW titles along with, you know, with AW titles is, is genius. I, you know, from, for my money, considering the gravity of the people that hold the ROH titles right now, you know, I don't really know what value we have in Ring of Honor at the moment. It doesn't seem like there's any TV deal. I get that it's kind of a playground for Tony to see independent talents, but nobody's watching this product. I think they have like, I don't even know how many people are ROH Honor Club members. The show's too long. There's no consistent storylines. The storylines they do have pay off on AEW TV, kind of making the ROH TV irrelevant. I, you know, and again, I have no idea where Tony's going, but at this point, I would just unify all the titles, right? You got Hung Bucks versus Acclaimed six-man trios unification match. MJF and Adam Cole, FTR unification match. And, and to that mat, to that end, Eddie Kingston MJF unification match. How dope would that be, right? That would be but amazing, actually. A- Athena versus... Um, uh, Tony, Soraya. Tony, Soraya, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sorry, she wasn't on TV the week after a title win. I'm sorry. It's been very brief reign. Uh, Soraya versus Athena. You go up and down. There are, but do you there, think that maybe they're doing this now because there is a rumor and news that they're going to take a streaming deal and go to 12 pay-per-views a year? And right. maybe they're just trying to see, hey, if we give the Ring of Honor championships, we can play with what pay-per-views, you know, with what titles we're depending on pay-per-view moving forward. But it's just, it's really diluting. The, right. The, I mean, like, it's diluting the power of the AEW titles, right? It, because when you have Young Bucks and Adam Page holding the trio, the ROH trio titles, and the Acclaimed has the AEW trio titles, great, both great acts, but one of them has executive vice presidents in them, right? And, you know, it's just, it's, it's a very interesting dynamic to me. The reason I say go ahead and do the unification is because right now it is obvious all the chips are on AEW. You are expanding mm-hmm. with AEW. You are right about this tier deal that they might be doing with Max, although they're not announced for the sports tier. The sports Business Journal said... Right, AEW. I saw they dropped yeah. it, and there's no AEW in there. There's mm-hmm. no AEW. If there's no AEW announced yet, there's sure shit no ROH. And so, like, you know, I I, I just don't see the value in, in putting and continuing to try to string this along. I do see the value in owning Ring of Honor and having those archives. Right. But you can unify these titles, put a chill on Ring of Honor for the time, focus on flushing out AEW where it needs to be to make the perfect deal with Warner Brothers Discovery, and you can always revisit Ring of Honor when the time is right. This whole thing came together so quickly and escalated so quickly, and 
I, I, I personally would just love to see them take a pause for a moment on the Ring of Honor deal, unify all the titles, and then get back to focusing on, on, on AEW being that brand. But that's a preference for me. No, I'm with you. I, a lot of times some people come out and you don't even know what championship they have. Oh, I think we just lost your audio. No, I had to mute because there's a very loud truck or something driving by my street. <laughs> let's, ho- let's hope to God it was a truck. Um, all right, let's get into some WWE news here. Uh, Vince McMahon addressed all the employees that are left at WWE after last Friday. Um, and during this meeting he held with the employees, uh, he acknowledged that, and this from Fightful, I've had this all verified for other employees as well, but Vince McMahon referred to Ari Emanuel as his what? boss. <laughs> this is my boss, Ari. Yeah, okay. Yeah, um, which was a headline. One of my one of those traffic stories yesterday. Vince McMahon acknowledges he has a boss. What news? <laughs> what news? So he acknowledged he has a boss. He also noted it was also noted Ari's daughter Ashley's working for the company. She'd been there for a while working as a writer. Apparently, he walked into the meeting using a cane, which should not be news for a man that is nearly eighty and just got out of major back surgery. Yeah, Thanks. but we were talking about people who you feel are invincible. Vince is one of them. Mm. He'd be, he be God. Eh, he's not invincible, that's for sure. He's got that McFoley yeah. syndrome. Um, but Vince said the company, during the meeting, he said the company had stagnated and that this new deal was going to help them get to the next level, which got a lot of eye rolls from people in the room because the company had already been doing the best business it's ever done with room to grow just before this deal, they weren't valued that much less than UFC. Uh, just a couple examples of big deals that they were working on. Uh, WWE this morning announced that they've signed a new deal with NBC Universal to bring SmackDown back to USA starting October 2024. And they also announced that WWE is going to be bringing the Elimination Chamber to uh, Perth, Australia, big stadium on February 24th, 2024. Does not sound like a company that had stagnated, Issa. Sounded like a company that found a new structure and business plan that was going to become very, very profitable. I would have, I rolled my eyes. I'm reading these reports. I'm like, stagnated. This seems to be like the, the most hype that wrestling has been in a while. This merger just happened. You can't tell me the last year was a stagnation process. Like, stagnated would have been like, what, 2017, 2018? Like, there was some really bad stuff on TV and nothing felt like it had a purpose. I haven't felt that way about WWE in a while, but I would also roll my eyes at him coming out with the mustache. So <laughs> I kind of want to see the mustache on TV just to kind of get a vibe for it. We don't have any. Well, he looks, he looks like a telenovela freaking villain. I love it. Actually, I better take that back. I, I, I don't really want Vince back in the mixer on my television. I, I regret even. even <laughs> Do not manifest. Don't you I, put that evil on me, Nick. <laughs> I regret manifesting that. And it looks like. Uh, it looks like there may be uh, we may not be the only people that don't want to see Vince back on TV or in the mix uh, joining that cadre of people, the Security and Exchange Commission and the Department of Justice, who, oh, uh, if no you have deal. if you have not noticed, have a uh, Vince was served a federal grand jury subpoena. A warrant was issued on his house uh, earlier this month. The L.A. Times did this really uh, in-depth look at all of everything going on from the hush money payments to Vince's return to the board. They have comments from board members, one of which stepped down because he felt Vince's return to the company uh, compromised his personal values, which I thought was really a statement. Like, right. except they're like having this man in the mix actually makes me feel like gross and I have to leave. 
Nick, I don't want to break news to you, but sure. apparently Mustafa Ali is no longer with WWE. What? Breaking news as we're recording right now. Wow. Yeah, here's the tweet. I am no I am I am no longer working with WWE. I look forward to the future. Thank you. A deal. He was supposed to have a match against Dominic Mysterio. No mercy, no? Uh, yeah, he was. Um, mm -hmm. Please. Yeah. Wow. It's one I... of those days. I told you, we woke up. It was going to be one of those days. You can just sense it in the air. You know, I, I did put out this report last week when uh, the terminations were going off in the uh, headquarters. Now, I had when asking around, was asking a lot about talent. I had a couple sources tell me that major WWE talent cuts and NXT roster cuts were coming uh, soon. They'd been expected for a while, much like the merger. So um, I don't I don't want to try to read unnecessary tea leaves, but I have heard that there could be multiple people. I don't know if this is a one-off where we might be at the beginning of one of those horrible cycles. Um, it's Ugh. a Thursday. It's not a Friday. Typically, these happen on a Friday. Mm -hmm. Man. Uh, well, maybe this me... is just a Mustafa Ali thing. And, you know, I, I we know that he hasn't been happy. Like, I mean, he's open, put out there that he wanted his release. They put him on NXT. I was a fan of what he was doing. You know, even just this Tuesday, he cut that promo, looked like a, like a senator out there running for office. So maybe it's just an elite thing. Maybe they finally granted him his leave. Maybe his contract is expiring. Um, I'm I'm literally asking somebody right now what is going on. <laughs> I saw it. You were you were you were reporting the news about Vince, and I get all these text messages, and I'm like, what is going on? And I'm like, there's no way we're gonna get something while we're recording. We're allegedly yeah, because it, it literally just went up in the middle of our conversation. One second. It's all good. It's one of those days. Um, I can see a leaving like successful in AEW though. Um, I think Ali is a layup for AEW if he chooses to go there. Tony Khan has openly spoken about how there aren't enough people that look like him when he was growing up on television. I think Ali, especially as a Chicago boy, which Tony Khan is also. Um, Wow, I'm hearing that there were plans to send Ali to Raw on Monday to be a part of an angle with Dominic and Dragonoff, uh, or Dra not Dragonoff, Dragon Lee heading into Monday Night Raw. Wow, this is all happening in real time right now. I'm not even vetting this as I'm getting reports back in right now from people. So well, he was going to be on Monday Night Raw this week, and he was going to have a match from PLE um, next weekend. Sucks. And I'm also yeah. getting a thumbs up here that there are more releases coming today. So there you go. Woo! Well, I was going to say I was happy about Australia. This kind of puts a little damper on that. I, I, I'm i happy that they're going. I think I can't wait to hear the reception well, for Rhea just, Ripley in Australia. Just to kind of just to kind of put things into perspective here real quick. I'm going to try to throw a couple things into the mix real quick all at once because mm -hmm. we're short on time. And I do want to talk more about Ali and all these. Uh, Orton was spotted down at the Performance yeah. Center, right? And WrestleOps put a photo of him going in. Uh, Body Slam saying he's been there three weeks. I've heard that. I've heard that disputed by a couple people. That he hasn't been there that long. Um, he's training. He's been training the gym. He's huge. Looking for a comeback. It doesn't even. We're not even sure he will be coming back. But he is there working out right now. Um, mm -hmm. Sheamus is fightful. Saying Sheamus's contract comes up next year, as is Becky Lynch's, Drews, and they're trying to keep these talents on board right now. A right. lot of talent signed five-year deals in 2018 that are coming up next year. They're going to try to retain as many of those. 
Nia Jax is back, spots are being filled. That is, and, and that's why I wanted to fit all this in real quick is because it, an observation I had had going into this week is that, um, you know, they're bringing these people in. And when these big names are coming back, it makes less room for people to move up or come in themselves, right? New right. talent, new signings, and it makes less space on the roster for existing talents, right? And so you don't have time for, you know, I looked at that segment on Raw on Monday night where Nia Jax laid out three or four women, right? Yeah. And I just said, I worry for everyone who just got dropped by Nia Jax. It was just one of those segments that kind of happens just before these kind of cuts come where mm-hmm. you get told you're booking and you go, that makes me look really weak. You, sh- you guys sure you want me to do that? And they go, oh, yeah, don't worry about it. This is just it's going to be good for the story. We're building up Nia Jax right now. Don't worry about it. I appreciate you bringing that in because bringing that up because she out of the women that she took out was Zoe Starks and Shayna Baszler, who I think could have been up next for Rhea Ripley based on their performers performances Mm -hmm. the last few months. And And they just have them in a tag team and Nia just takes them out just like that. Zoe, I would be shocked by because she did such a phenomenal job. She's been incredible. Shayna is a different story just because she's been there for so long. And if the Ronda Rousey angle wasn't going to get her to the next level, I really don't know. But what? it's not getting her to the next level because I didn't allow it. She got all those thank you, Chena, chance the next morning. Hey, all I, like, I, like, I, I don't, you know. don't want to dance on graves before bodies right. on the ground. So Shayna could be very well fine. Again, Zoe could be fine. Dewdrop could be fine. Yeah. I, 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 let's focus on what we do know in the moment, which is that Ali is no longer in the company at the moment. I'm very surprised by this. I know the guy's got a hell of a story to tell. Uh, if you've listened to the show, it is no secret that I worked with Ali on the independent scene before he signed with WWE. I was his manager. Believe it or not, there was a point in time where people thought Ali needed a mouthpiece, and that <laughs> mouthpiece was Nick fucking Houseman as Ronaldo fucking Piven, okay? And so I, and look, I learned so much working. This was a decade ago. I learned so much working with Ali. Uh, I feel a little racist uh, from the way that I had uh, worked with other uh, M- Middle Eastern Muslim talents in the past, and Ali was gracious and wonderful and walking me through uh and and look i never said let's do the translator bit i did never pitch him any of that but he certainly walked up to me day one and said we're not going to do the sheik thing i'm not a sheik i'm not some random terrorist dude from the country i'm mustafa ali i'm the best wrestler here i could be a heel you could be my mouthpiece but i'm just a very good wrestler and That's he's so it. freaking cool. He exceeds yeah. why were you booking that way you know yeah he's awesome like, his talent in the ring is incredible and again, he's someone that I can't wait to see where he goes because that's 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 a big loss for WWE. Wow. Uh, yeah. So Ali in the mix has been down in NXT, which, by the way, NXT has been doing its best viewership in, in a long, long time. Sports TV ratings saying this past Tuesday night's episode did 844,000 viewers with the highest quarter hour actually coming for Carmelo Hayes and Dominic Mysterio at 912,000 viewers, which for all the brouhaha about Becky Lynch being a big draw, which she is. She pulled over a million for her quarter last month. Yep. I think that we should not so quickly move past the drawing power of Dominic Mysterio, who to Thank a young... Thank you! Right? Yep. 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 The, which, uh, NXT has been on the rising with the ratings before NXT got... Before Becky got here. Now, Becky is ratings, Rebecca. You know, we bow down to the men. But Dom and Judgment, they have been helping NXT for weeks now. Wow. Um... Man, yeah, there were. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm just kind of taking all this Ali stuff I in know. because I bring up the Dominic thing because, like, 
Ali was in that picture, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were having a match on PLE. Like, and, and it's weird. The whole thing is weird. It's it takes kind of two to tango, you know, when it comes to creating interesting storylines. And I think Ali had just done such a good job. I guess, I guess it's like I had heard from so many people down there that were working with Ali and really liked him and wanted to see him shined up and wanted to see him reach his full potential. I mean, man, something so, they wow. Because like at one point, Ali. Was, it was going to be Ali Mania, right? He got injured. Right. Co- Kofi Kingston got thrown into the chamber, and it became Kofi Mania. And there was that moment there with Brian Daniel, or Daniel Bryan at the time was in the mix. He was really trying to get Ali to that next level, and they were pushing this guy as a main eventer. And the yeah. irony, the irony that the last day this man probably spent in the Performance Center, Randy Orton was also there. <laughs> and, like, I have heard... That Randy made. I've heard. I heard one person down there say, "I I only saw him show up this week." All these reports about Randy being there for a while. I I was told like I don't know about that, but it did strike. I was like, "That's so." We're like, "What's that like when Randy were? Hey Ali, how's it going? Oh, sorry, I kicked you in the face." You know. Like, <laughs> I've heard yeah, they're cool. I've heard they're on. cool. I've heard they're cool. There's no heat there. It's just such a weird juxtaposition um uh, this Ali Kofi Mania is one of the biggest what ifs because they were both so deserving and we ended up getting Kofi Mania which was amazing but it never uh it never left my brain listening there rent free the fact that Ali was supposed to get a huge opportunity as well and we never got there and he came back at one point and they were kind of pushing that narrative remember and then they just let it go when yeah. he started feuding with Kofi because Kofi took his opportunity, and then it was just like a one or two matches thing, and then they just forgot about it. It's going to be interesting here. I, I do think Ali is a layup for AEW. Um, I kind of get the vibe he may have seen this coming, based purely on his booking, where they gave him a chance to do the political vignette, and then they never really went back to it, right? Like, you'd think if they were kind of behind the idea, you'd have seen more of it. So um, I could see him going to AEW. He's made a lot of money. He was working. He was making main roster money when he was down in NXT. And when you don't get used that much, you're making a bunch of money. You're you're actually saving money. So I, I would guess that Ali has been very smart with his money. It's not probably in the need to jump immediately. But yeah, I mean, over in the AEW mix, uh, one thing about this is because if there are more releases coming today, which again I'm getting the indication that there will. The last time WWE did this, they really flooded the market. With a lot of talent all at once. Big names, Bray Wyatt, you know, Nia, like there were a whole bunch of big names that they threw out there all at once. And it was kind of a game of, I dare you to sign them all, Tony Khan. I dare you to stretch yourself so thin, picking up all of these talents that you have no, why people are, why would you let these guys go? Go grab Johnny Gargano. Go grab, you know, and I, I again, I don't want to dance in anybody's graves, but Johnny Gargano has been completely lost in the shuffle there um yeah god damn all right well we have to wrap this we have to i'm I'm at a loss i i'm never at a loss for words i i just feel bad for my friend ali i have Um, to tell you i saw it and i know the relationship you have with ali i was like i think you i need to interrupt you and tell you this that twitter is on fire right now over this one question for you though before we go off the air if there's more releases coming, after you start the morning with such exciting, banging news, the USA Network, like you're bragging about like going up in the money that you're making for SmackDown to releases on the same day, it just seems tacky, like, you know? 
Yeah, but you know, this is a very shrewd business we're talking about here. Yeah, yeah, I know. I had Lucas Middlebrook on, uh, famed labor lawyer, and it hasn't gotten the most views because I know it's a boring legal talk, but go over to YouTube and watch my interview with Lucas Middlebrook. I asked him what how talent will be viewed under new management because Lucas tried to unionize the UFC fighters uh, with Leslie Smith um, mm-hmm. of, a few years back and failed. And I go, you know, you know the UFC and how they operate and how Ari Emanuel and uh, Endeavor operate better than anybody else probably. What can wrestlers expect under new ownership? And he said they can expect to be line items because that's how the new ownership views everything. Uh, not just the wrestlers. The, Ouch. Yeah. And it's a business, though. It's a, it's business, a business at the end of the day, and they're in it to make money. They're in it to make money and appease stockholders. And on the same day that you're showing, hey, we're going to be consistently bringing in money for the next five years, as callous as it sounds, when you throw on top, hey, we're also cutting expenses in a huge, meaningful way, uh, while fans are going to be pissed, uh, investors are going to sit there salivating today. I would not be shocked to see a little bump here in the stock price by the end of the day. It's, uh, it's down 17%. Is it down? It's down 17%. Yeah, I just opened it. I actually have the the WWE stock. Literally just opened it and it's down. But that that, it's been kind of up and down since the merger a lot. Yeah, because I'm looking at I'm looking at this new I'm looking at this announcement here about coming back to NBCU, and there's no there's no mention of what how much the rights renewal was for this, right? Yeah, I, I think I saw somebody tweet something about it, but I haven't had the chance to actually go and read it. It's not on their press conference that they sent out. I didn't see it. No, I didn't see the press release either. And and the reason I ask is because when they signed with Fox and NBC for Peacock last time, they to- they touted $1 billion deals, right? You would think that if you got the same deal or better, you would tout that. And I'm wondering if the drop in stock price isn't because maybe they didn't get as much for TV rights this time around as they did last time. Right? I heard that it was bigger, but I can't confirm it that, you know, that I seen it. I, I just saw a couple of people tweeting that it was bigger. All right. Uh, well, we'll find out. I'll be back on Tuesday. I don't know who I'm going to be talking to quite yet. Maybe I'll get Brandon Thurston in here to just kind of sit and commiserate with me. Hey, maybe I'll book Ali. Wouldn't that be fun? Hey, listen. <laughs> hey, Ali, you got some time on your hands? You want to come do House of Wrestling <laughs> on Tuesday, Premier Streaming Network? I joke. That man is whatever. Um so anyway, let's let's wrap it up here. I, I got a lot of work to do. I got a lot of calls to make here and some some coverage to do. Uh, Isa, um, anything you want to plug, promote, put over here before we uh, kick everybody out of the house today? No, of course. Everybody can find me NYC Demon Diva across all socials. Please go subscribe to my channel. I do watch along for all the major shows, so you can. It's like a watch party. We have fun over there. Wonderful. I'm at Nick underscore Hausman. We're at Wrestling House. Uh, thank you for dropping by. What a weird way to kick everybody out. I'm sorry. I got work to do. I gotta I gotta hook my router up. I need you to take my marijuana brownies and get out of the house. They're just going to distract me today. Get your shoes, get your hat, get on out the door. But remember, you're welcome back anytime.